the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. Break it all down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. With your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome into the Bottom Line News Radio 610 K1A. It's hour number two on your Thursday afternoon. Rob Francis Ed Dawson with you. And we again focus on uh, the races that are important to you with our candidate forums. Today we take a look at the 16th Legislative District State Senate race, which will have a new representative, new person, will represent the 16th with the retirement of Senator Maureen Walsh. Uh, we will begin our questions today with... Uh, Mr. Perry Dozier, who is running for that seat, asking for your vote. Mr. Dozier, we appreciate you taking the time to join us today, and we'd like to give you some time to make an opening statement if you desire. Okay, very good. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Rob Ned, for this opportunity to visit with your uh, people out there. And um, again, I'm Perry Dozier. I'm a lifelong resident of the 16th District. I uh, graduated uh, from Prescott High School, grew up on a farm just about 45 minutes west of here, or east of here, I mean, and uh, graduated from Whitman College with a degree in economics. Um, been farming for quite a while. Um, I was elected as a Washington Association of Wheat Growers um, officer, served as state president in 2001. And with that, I was representing uh, 13 counties in eastern Washington, then went on. And uh, for two years after that, I was a Washington uh, state barley commissioner, elected then in 2008 as a Walla Walla County commissioner. And again, worked with a lot of your county commissioners over here, both Benton and Franklin County commissioners and Yakima County. We sat on many different boards together. And the opportunity kind of came up um, about two years ago. I decided I wanted to continue on and and go over to the state and uh, take the knowledge that I actually learned both uh, with the Wheat Growers Association and as a county commissioner and represent this district again um, after having uh, seen a lot of the legislation that comes down to us that I felt that I could uh, do a very good job of representing us. Okay, Mr. Dozier, we'll begin with our questions. Uh, First, we all know the impact COVID has had through Washington State. Elected officials have been facing Many difficult decisions based on projected revenue shortfalls at all levels of government. How difficult do you think it will be to address the current shortfalls in the state budget in the coming session, while at the same time attempting to craft a new biennial budget? I think the current uh, shortfalls, unfortunately, um, should have been dealt with a lot earlier. Um, I disagree with not bringing our state legislature back earlier. Um, and as the problem kept growing, then that deficit continued to rise. Um, I understand that there has been some positive tax flow coming back in, so that deficit isn't as big as projected as what it was at $9 billion. It's about $4.5 billion now. But we elect our representatives and senators from our districts to give their voice in what's going on. As soon as this COVID hit, I started coming over here and visiting with small businesses throughout the district, and they were being critical by not being able to open up. Um, I know that COVID is a serious disease uh, that we have, but if you look at the difference between Walla Walla County and Benton Franklin County, Walla Walla County opened up in the stage two early summer. I think it was the end of May. And the tax revenue in Walla Walla County has really picked up because we are open during the months of warm weather. They uh, were able, the patrons were able to move some of their businesses outside 
And so we continue to gain tax revenue. When I came over here about a month ago and talked to some of the business owners here who were stuck in a modified 1.5 or 1.75, they were only able to take 25% capacity in. And again, that hurts the revenue that not only for the local uh, economy, but the state economy. And because of being shackled like that, it's created a big problem. I really think now um, moving into this next year's budget uh, cycle, we are going to have to look at how we can continue to open up businesses. We cannot tax our businesses and those businesses that are there trying to fill a budget deficit because you can't tax those that are making money or they will not hire people to come in. Um, as a county commissioner, I was elected during the time of a recession and we were losing revenue, but we were able to continue to provide the essential services. We didn't uh, take a lot of revenue away from our rainy day fund. And um, we did this without raising property taxes for four years. Okay. Next question. Uh, aside from COVID, what do you feel is the biggest issue facing the legislative district, and how would you go about solving that issue if you're elected to the legislature? Aside from COVID, um, boy, everybody's been focused on that for so much. My whole mind has been on the economics of it. But I think one of the big issues still that we have that we need to continue to focus on is our transportation systems. Um, that funding, you know, has been severely impacted. Um, we don't know how that's going to change in the future right now uh, with the $30 car tabs and then the change in it. Are we going to be able to generate enough revenue to continue to maintain our roads and expand? that service. I think we're really fortunate here in that I've said here in this district of having our three modes of transportation. I've stressed this a lot from the time I was with the wheat growers, that being road, river, and rail. And I think that's really something we have to uh, continue to protect is our uh, river transportation system. As we've seen the uh, Snake River dams come up multiple times with taking them out, um, we need to be able to keep those. They not only provide a transportation system, but they also provide the irrigation for our agricultural sector, which is huge here in the 16th district. Um, if you look at western Walla Walla County, you move down through southern Benton County, uh, the water is extremely important tra and transportation is important to be able to move the products off the farms and also bring in our supplies. So transportation is still going to be a very big issue, I think, moving forward. Okay, our next question, Mr. Dozier. The governor's emergency powers have become a point of contention in many areas of the state. Mm -hmm state legislature has been left out for the most part of the COVID decision-making process. How much input should the legislature have on a declared state of emergency? And are there areas where the legislature should specifically be focused in such a situation? I think the original intent of the RCW and uh, was, was good. It was to be able to give one person, that is the governor, the authority if we had some type of a disaster that would happen, be it an earthquake or a flood or a huge fire, to, for him to be able to get in there and make those quick decisions, especially where this happened, it was after the legislature had convened. So he had to make those decisions. After that time period, I think that time period needs to be tightened up, whether it's two weeks or one month. I know that originally it was 30 days, and then it took the four corners to extend that to another 30 days. 
of our state legislature. I won't explain that because I don't want to take that much time, but it took them so they could extend it. But I think that what should have happened is the state legislature should have been reconvened. As I said earlier, we elect our officials from our districts who really have the pulse and the heartbeat of what's going on in their district. And as we saw here locally again, this this part of our district was really crippled, and we needed to have representation in Olympia. Next question. The Seattle area has created an increasingly difficult business environment. Boeing is uh, one example of that. Uh, that decision will cost uh, revenue uh, for the state, no doubt. What do you feel is the best path forward to creating a better business environment than we currently have? You know, I think a lot of this falls on the, on taxation. Um, heavy taxation for our businesses is what really is crippling, I think, some of our big business. I think when we look at, again, um, what we need to generate is we need to generate jobs. I've thought about this before. So, for instance, let's say we had a, a, a B&O tax. On the B&O tax, you, it's on gross uh, proceeds. You don't have any deductions on a B&O tax. Well, what if we looked at a way to stimulate business and say with this B&O tax, maybe we'll take a deduction, um, an employee deduction, whether it's a partial or a full uh, deduction for employee um, uh, labor costs. Now, if you did that, you would tend to hire more people. Now, when people go back to work, what they end up making more money. It's all a, a, an issue of disposable income. The more money you make, the more money you're going to spend. So if you're making more money, you're going to pay in like to the unemployment fund. You're going to pay more in taxes. So there might be an offset with those with that tax gener, uh, that is lost through, say, the B&O that you could generate in another form. I thought about this probably like with small businesses. That might be something to get small businesses back open and going and get those employees back working so they aren't collecting unemployment tax. Now those taxes are, are going back in to refund it. Our next question, Mr. Dozier. An income tax will probably come before the legislature in this mm-hmm. session. With COVID-19, the loss of revenue is an excuse for trying to implement that. Would you support an income tax for Washington State openly, or are there conditions that would need to be met in order for you to consider supporting an income tax? No, I would not support an income tax. I saw many of the tax proposals that have been out there, that have been put out there by the Democratic Party, whether it's an income tax or whether it's uh, a change in the um, uh, B&O or whether uh, I saw a corporate income tax out there capital gains i tell you i I dislike capital gains in the worst way um i can give you examples of that my father-in-law who bought some property here in north pasco in the 40s when pasco grew into it there on burden road capital gains took uh 30 percent of all that and uh that's wrong but um i would not support an income tax at all i still think again our economy was doing very well uh, it had been doing very well, and it was very evident in January when uh, the legislature went back into session, when they were um, presented with a $2.4 billion additional revenue that was not forecasted uh, with the previous budget. And that was because of a strong economy. we got to get the economy back going again and not try to tax our way out of a bad situation. Um, I went through that as a county commissioner, and uh, uh, we were able to do it. And I wouldn't uh, go over to Olympia and want to tax those businesses that are working. 
Washington State is uh, proud to say that they lead the nation in mail-in voting. Mm -hmm. Yet recently, a number of ballots were discovered in Snohomish County in garbage cans, and an investigation is uh, going forward. Taking into account theft of ballots that can occur, what can be done to further strengthen our election security as each cycle becomes more and more heated? That, I think think uh, is really showing itself this year probably more than I've ever seen before. I've always felt pretty comfortable with the mail-in ballot system that we have had. Um, as we're moving forward in this year and the problems and stuff that we're seeing, both related to COVID and what you just brought up as an example, um, I, in all honesty, would like to go back to the ballot system the way we used to do it, going in, presenting your ID, and marking your ballot, but I realize with a lot of uh, people that's difficult um, to do with the elderly. Um, I, I'm not really sure how we could do much different uh, to make it more secure because it's just a matter of once you get it, you take it, you either go to the mail, or you put it in a drop box. I've even heard of it drop boxes where people have thrown burning material in drop boxes and we can't get them counted. So um, we have to come up with a system, and unfortunately this year it's kind of rearing its ugly head. And, Mr. Dozier, our final question for you today. Much has been made about moving voting to an online, even mobile platforms, mm -hmm. to increase accessibility. Do you believe that this would increase or compromise election security, and would you support a move to voting online or over your mobile phone? No. I would not support going online. There are too many instances of ways to hack online. Um, not at all online. I would definitely, if I had to take a choice of online or by mail, I'm going to stick with mail. All right, Mr. Dozier, that'll do it for our questions. Uh, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make a closing statement as well to speak to the constituents in the 16th Legislative District. Okay, thank you very much. Well, I think with my knowledge of the district um, is broad and diverse. And as a farmer, I know the importance of agriculture and our needs for protecting our water rights and maintaining a strong transportation system. As a past county commissioner, I've been directly involved with the legislature or legislation that is passed um, down to our cities and our counties. And I've had to make a lot of tough decisions as a uh, county commissioner. And I'm ready to make those decisions over in, Olymp in Olympia. I am endorsed by nonpartisan groups, uh, small business groups, such as the National Federation of Independent Businesses, the Association of Washington Businesses, and the Washington Hospitality Association. On the agricultural side, I'm endorsed by the Washington Farm Bureau. Locally here, Lamps and Cranes International has endorsed me and Dr. Raul Garcia and Lavoe's Mexican newspaper. I also have the endorsement of all three of our current state legislators and three former state legislators. They have confidence in me to go over to Olympia and represent this district. I've lived here all my life. I understand this district very well, and I'll take a lot of pride from the people when I receive your vote to be your next state senator. Thank you. And if uh, people want more information about uh, you or your campaign, aside from the voters' pamphlet, where should yep. they go? Uh, Dozier for Senate will bring you to my webpage. And off of the webpage, you can follow me on Facebook. And um, I look forward to answering any questions from any of our uh, constituents out there as we move through the next 12 days. 
Perry Dozier running for State Senate, 16th Legislative District. We appreciate you coming in this afternoon, sir. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much, guys. We're going to take a quick time out. We have the other candidate running for the 16th State Senate seat, Danielle Garvey-Reeser, will join us in a few minutes uh, for the second part of our candidate forum for today. And tomorrow, we will focus on the U.S. congressional race. The 4th Legislative District, Congressman Dan Newhouse, will join us in studio to take a look at the congressional race. More of the Bottom Line, News Radio 610 k after this. Hook up with the Bottom Line on Twitter at BottomLine610. Now, back to the show, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Welcome back to the Bottom Line, News Radio 610 k a Happy Thursday afternoon. Robinette hanging with you. Our candidate forums continue this afternoon with our focus on the 16th Legislative District, the state Senate race, which will have a new representative uh, for the first time in a number of years. As Senator Maureen Walsh has retired uh, and vying for that seat. You heard earlier from Perry Dozier. Now you will hear from the other candidate asking for your vote, Danielle Garby-Reeser. Uh, Ms. Garby-Reeser, thank you for your time this afternoon. appreciate you joining us, and we'd like to give you an opportunity, if you would like to take it, to make an opening statement to the constituents of the 16th. Thank you so much, Robin Ed, and hello to all of your listeners. It's fantastic to at least get to connect virtually and, as we were just discussing, a weird campaign year. And um, so just grateful for any chance to introduce myself to folks and will say that I am a proud American, a community builder, a farmer's wife, and I'm so honored to be one of the candidates for the state Senate. I'm originally from Moses Lake and grew up in a union household, a dad with, who was a small business owner. My grandfather was an army veteran and those values of hard work and service were really ingrained into me. And I ended up dedicating my life to serving our country and our communities. And the first way I did that was by serving as a diplomat in both Republican and Democratic administrations for nearly 14 years. And I had assumed that would be my career for my life, but uh, found out when I was serving at our embassy in Beirut that my sister had died. And that really made me revisit wanting to be so far away from family and did a job search that brought me back to Walla Walla as CEO of Sherwood Trust. And I felt so lucky to get to come back to a community where I had gone to Whitman on a scholarship from the Sherwood family. So it was a really neat full circle moment and loved being involved in the community again and um, having this chance to learn about the amazing things happening across our region. Uh, A couple things happened moving back. One, I met my husband, a fifth generation farmer, so lots of bonuses to moving back closer to home. But the other was really seeing the ways that our rural communities were getting left behind and left out of the conversation in our state. And in philanthropy, uh, my job at Sherwood Trust was investing in the community. I could see where we could direct dollars either from our own funds or where I started a rural philanthropy program that brought over $500,000 into our community and trying to bridge those divides and meet needs. But I could only help on issues. I couldn't fix them. And I kept getting frustrated by the ways Olympia was ignoring our side of the state. And I don't like complaining about things that I don't try to fix. So I decided actually nine months ago today to throw my hat in the ring in this race and really stand up for Eastern Washington. I want our communities to have a voice in the room where decisions will be made about our future. 
And in this state, that's the Democratic caucus room. And so we need a voice in that room so that when they're meeting, we can say that doesn't make any sense for Eastern Washington or this is what we need or that's what we don't. And that's really why I'm running and have been so honored to talk to voters and really um, have this chance first to serve our country and then our community and now hopefully our region as our next state senator. Thank you for your opening statement. Before we dive into our questions, we want to make you aware there's a pretty nasty accident out there at 395 in Ely. Number of vehicles involved. Um, there are some injuries um, that are involved in that accident, so it's pretty significant backing traffic up for a decent way at 395 in Ely. Just wanted to throw that out there for anybody who was caught in it uh, or who is passing by. So let's begin our questions uh, for Ms. Danielle Garvey-Reeser, candidate for the 16th Legislative State Senate race. First question, we all know the impacts uh, that COVID has had throughout the state uh, for a good chunk of this year. And elected officials have been facing some tough decisions with the obvious revenue shortfalls. How difficult will will it be to not only address the current shortfalls in the coming session, but uh, the job of crafting a new biennial budget? This job of the budget is really task number one for our state legislature. And we know that the Revenue shortfalls are not as bad as originally projected, but there will still be tough decisions to be made. And this is where my background in negotiating skills, I think, will be tremendously helpful. On a county level, when you make budget decisions, you do it with one other person and it passes. In Olympia, you need to bring both sides of the aisle together, the Senate as well as the House. You've got lots of competing stakeholders. I'm a trained professional diplomat who knows how to bring people together to listen to all sides, to build consensus. And I want to be in that room fighting for the resources our communities will need. And those decisions will start in the Democratic caucus room. We need to be there at the beginning and making sure that those resource decisions make sense for us. What do you feel is the biggest issue facing the 16th district that's non-COVID related? And how would you advocate solving that issue in the legislature? Really pre-COVID, one of the bigger issues was just our healthcare system writ large. And I saw this when my sister was sick and we spent the last years of her life fighting insurance companies to make sure they were covering the treatment that she needed. And I've spent the last several months talking to families across the district and I've heard heartbreaking stories of People worried about um, losing coverage because of pre-existing conditions, seniors not able to pay for prescription drugs they need because costs keep going up, our rural hospitals not um, being able to stay solvent and making sure they need support, and then really thinking about the mental and behavioral health care services we need across our district. and. We need a leader who understands that our families are struggling and knows that the solutions on health care are going to look different in our rural communities and in eastern Washington compared to western Washington. And that's something I really look forward to tackling in Olympia. Next question. The emergency powers the governor has uh, exercised uh, through much of the pandemic. Point of contention in uh, many areas of the state, both R's and D's. State legislature has been left out of the COVID decision-making process nearly completely. How much input should the legislature have in a declared state of emergency? And are there any areas that it should specifically be focused on? 
I've been on the record saying that I think we should have had a special session, but really the bigger challenge here isn't the rules around emergency power. It was the lack of leadership that involved the whole state. And obviously this was an unprecedented pandemic and the governor responded using data and science, which I appreciated, but we had too many press conferences that were just King County centric when we needed to bring the whole state along. A crisis should have brought our whole state together. And instead, we've just seen it more divided than ever. And that's not good for our state, for our economies, for our communities. And that division is a reason why I really want to run. I feel like I'm someone who's worked across the aisle, who knows that our communities are stronger, our economy and our well-being when we work across the aisle with both parties. And that's the leadership I want to bring to Olympia and make sure that our communities are heard in any process that might come forward. Okay, our next question. Um, in the Seattle area, an increasingly difficult business environment has been created. Of course, we've heard the head tax situations there and so on and so forth. Uh, Boeing who had been the beneficiary of a tax break for a long time, went to the legislature to ask them to revoke that to end their issues with the World Trade Organization. Boeing made the decision to move 787 production to South Carolina. It's going to cost the state revenue. What do you feel is the best path forward to creating a better business environment for both sides of the state? You know, if, when you think about it in abstract, you realize Washington State is home to amazing businesses like Boeing, Amazon, Microsoft. But these are huge businesses. And in the 16th, what we're interested in is how do we help the small businesses? How do we keep our main streets vital? And frankly, when you talk to a lot of business owners, they'll say what we don't need from Olympia is more regulation or more taxes. You know, obviously, B&O tax is one that's always a concern and looking at ways that we can alleviate that burden on businesses. And I think especially right now, the more certainty and support we can give to small businesses, the better. The other piece as we look at, you know, what's the right role for the state is how do we think about the workforce issues? And one of the big ones that's come up that I've been talking about and hearing from voters is child care issues. There was a small business here in the Tri-Cities and the essential business. And the owner said, I can't reopen because none of my employees have child care. They can't come back. And we know that. 44 child care centers in the Tri-Cities closed. Those were small businesses. So thinking about the child care challenge and then just overall workforce development. We have amazing community colleges in our district, and they're struggling right now, too. And they've helped create jobs of the future, whether that's in the clean energy field, in the wine industry. Columbia Basin College and Walla Walla Community College are amazing assets. And we need to make sure we're partnering with them to keep our workforce trained up, not just for the jobs of today, but for those of the future. Well, it's nearly a foregone conclusion that an income tax is going to come before the state legislature in the coming session because of the lost revenue uh, that we've discussed because of the pandemic. Uh, would you openly support an income tax for the state of Washington, or are there any conditions in which you might support an income tax? No. I have been saying for months that I oppose an income tax really throughout this entire campaign. And it's clear when you live in eastern Washington that we feel a tremendous tax burden here. And this is part, again, why we need someone from this side of the state in the Democratic caucus room explaining and reminding them our tax base is totally different. We have a different population, different property tax um, 
valuations. And so all the unfunded mandates that come out of Olympia really have a different impact in our communities. And I've talked to too many voters who are on fixed incomes who are just frustrated. There was one guy in Columbia County who said, you know, I'm really thinking of moving out of Washington State because I just can't keep up with the increasing fees and things from the state. And none of us want anyone to ever feel like they have to leave the state because it's too expensive. That's not a way to do business as a state. So I really want to make sure that we have an economic system that works for Eastern Washington and that supports working families throughout our district. Okay, our next question for you, Ms. Garvey Reeser, is Washington State very proud of leading the nation on the mail-in voting front. Recently, a number of ballots discovered in Snohomish County in garbage cans. An investigation is ongoing into how that occurred. Now, taking into account that theft of ballots can occur, and it's not necessarily a government issue, but theft can happen, what can be done, in your opinion, to further strengthen election security as each cycle becomes more and more heated and deemed more and more important? This has been an interesting question, right? Because some of us are old enough to remember getting to vote in person. And I remember doing that with my mom as a kid, going to the Grange in Moses Lake and having the curtain drawn behind us and seeing all the levers and asking her what it was all about. And she said, it's politics. We don't talk about this, which, of course, meant it was the only thing I wanted to talk about. So here we are all these years later. Um, And honestly, Washington State has been a tremendous leader in mail-in ballots, and Kim Wyman, a Republican, has led this effort and has coached a lot of states. And so I really think the bigger threat to our mail-in voting system is people doubting the system and suppressing the vote of people feeling like they shouldn't or they can't vote. Every single vote matters. It will matter tremendously in this race, which will be very close. So I'm, of course, personally biased. Please vote. Um, But really across the board. And I'm someone who stood up for our democracy as a diplomat and very proudly represented it. I think of my grandfather and the people who struggled before us for decades for these rights. It's 100 years ago, women got the right to vote. 55 years ago, the Voting Rights Act. This is our right. We need to exercise it. Do it proudly. We might miss our I Voted sticker, but uh, do your civic duty. Along the lines of voting and uh, the effort to make it uh, more accessible to more people, online, even mobile platforms have been uh, discussed as ways to do that. Do you believe that this would increase or possibly compromise the election security? uh, And would you support either of those moves? I definitely am much more skeptical of online voting, and probably that stems from uh, having been hacked by the Chinese when I was a diplomat, so I might know a little too much about what the Russians and Chinese have been trying to do, and now we saw reports today of Russia and Iran's disinformation campaign in our country, so I would want to ask a lot of questions about how we make sure it's secure, what kinds of systems, how we keep it consistent across our country. Like I said, I think mail-in balloting has, uh, voting has been working great in Washington state, and I really encourage people to vote this year. Hey, Ms. Garvey Reeser, that'll do it for our questions for the forum. We'd like to give you an opportunity to make any type of closing statement to speak to the listeners in the district. Thank you so much. So my the best career advice I ever got from my dad was to ask for the job. So I want to be clear that I'm asking for the job and the vote of everyone in the 16th legislative district. And I'm asking for a different job. We've sent people to Olympia who come back and say, sorry, I couldn't get anything done because 
we're in the minority party and it's just too hard. I'm asking for the job of going into the majority room, of sitting at that table, rolling up my sleeves and working hard for Eastern Washington. And I am not going to promise that I can get everything done, but I am going to try. I'm the candidate if you want a change, if you are tired of Eastern Washington being left behind and left out of the conversation. If you want people in Seattle, when they talk about the east side right now, they think of Bellevue. I want them to think of Benton County. (laughs) So I think it's time for a change in our district. I'm the person who has worked very proudly for both parties, who's dedicated my life to serving. And I think of someone else who's really had um, a dedication to service, and that was Representative Bill Jenkins. And I really admired the way that he showed up in our communities. He listened, and he and I didn't always agree on political issues, but he was someone that um, was accessible in our community. And that is the kind of leader that I want to be. I felt like he was not treated fairly in the primary process. There was a lot of special interests, money, and um, that decided to take him out of this race very unfairly. And so I am standing up as an independent voice. I am a Democrat. I am an Eastern Washingtonian Democrat, and I'm so proud to have this opportunity to run, to connect with listeners. And I'd really invite anyone who has a question for me or wants to learn more to please visit my website, garbyreser.com, G-A-R-B as in boy, E-R-E-S like Sam, E-R.com. I would be so incredibly honored to earn your vote and the opportunity to serve this great region as our next state senator. Thank you. Danielle Garvey-Reeser, candidate for 16th Legislative District, state Senate seat. We appreciate you coming in this afternoon. Thank you for your time. Best of luck for your race. Thank you both so much. Have a great rest of your night. And you as well. Take a quick time out. Come back to wrap things up. Got a debate. In about an hour and change. Oh, yeah. (laughs) See how that works out. Should be interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit when we come back.